Hello, I'm Hugh Ronzani, and thank you for joining me for more Baroque Now. On this podcast, we explore the music, people, and period instruments you may be discovering for the first time with the Australian Brandenburg Orchestra and our digital stage, Brandenburg One. In the spirit of reconciliation, the Australian Brandenburg Orchestra acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. As always for Baroque Now, I'm joined by some of the brilliant musicians and artists bringing Baroque music to life with the Australian Brandenburg Orchestra. Jonas Chenderlein has returned to Australia and finally made his live debut in Bach's universe. Following the incredible reception he received in Melbourne, Jonas has taken the time to speak with me today, along with another very important guest. Today, I have the special privilege of bringing not one guest, but two to the program. Obviously, one in Jonas Chenderlein, whom you've had the pleasure of meeting before. Hello, thanks for inviting me again. <laughs> and accompanied by your wonderful better half, Yoko Tanaka Chenderlein. Hello, nice to meet you. I'm glad to be here too. And it's fantastic to have you in the country. Of course, uh, Jonas isn't complete without you, Yoko. You know, you're very important. And also to this project, um, I hear from my colleague Andrew that you've been watching everything that Jonas does and giving him critical feedback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, she, she really is a good assistant in this kind of situation, um, especially, yeah, when playing a, a violin concerto, for example, she, she gives me always... Very good um, advices and uh, yeah, it's just yeah, good to have somebody to listen from outside. Mm -hmm. Perhaps Yoko, you'd like to tell us: Is this your first time in in Australia? Yeah, exactly. Also, I'm here very first time <laughs> in Australia. Then yeah. And are you enjoying yourself? Are you having fun? Uh, you know, yeah. You <laughs> so look at me. My face is smiling always, every day. Um, yeah. Also, so difference between here and Europe and also Japan too. Everything is uh, different. Yeah. And perhaps you could both tell us about the uh, rehearsal process. So you've just been through three concerts uh, down yes. in Melbourne and had a fantastic run, a, a brilliant review as well in Limelight, four and a half stars. So congratulations both. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> I'd love to know more about the rehearsal process because for once I actually wasn't there with you to see it all. Yeah, that's true. It was I think it was unusual for the Brandenburg to start in Melbourne um, rehearsing. And we had the the... The right weather to rehearse a lot <laughs> it was raining <laughs> nearly all the time <laughs> so it was good uh, yeah to focus on on Bach's music and um, it was very intensive uh, days um, yeah also for me it's kind of the first time to to lead an orchestra through a whole evening um, to be really there all the time and then it's it's kind of getting more intense uh, throughout the program. So we start very small uh, with a solo piece and then uh, single strings, violin concerto, and then we do concerto for three violins. And then the suite, um, which I'm 
honored to uh, guest direct <laughs> the Brandenburg. Um, so yeah, it's been a lot of work in Melbourne. And um, I'm very happy that the rehearsals went really well. And um, now we are kind of really into the mood of Bach's universe. Uh, we got into it and we have three really nice concerts done in, in Melbourne. And now it's, again, six concerts in Sydney, which I'm very much looking forward to. Oh, and, and we're all very looking forward to the, uh, the prospect of six concerts with you, Jonas and, and Yoko too. And, um, and perhaps, Yoko, then you could tell us about what it's been like to meet some of your Australian colleagues now, Monique O'Day and Marianne Yeomans. Yeah, I knew them so because of a video of uh, last year. Then I'm glad to see them so very... In real. In, in real, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, in the flesh, as they say. Yeah, so, yeah. And as players then, obviously, even if uh, sometimes, Yoko, you are a bit uh, wary of, of your English skills, although you speak English very well, you shouldn't be wary of, of that at all. Uh, in terms of playing, have you managed to find a sound together as a new section? Monique and, and Marianne play a lot together, so yeah. they're often together, but as a section with you in included. Um, I'm standing um, side of them and behind them. Then I can look them so, or I can see them very well. That's why I um, we can also eye contact. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I which I loved. <laughs> yeah, that's why I think we were good together. Yeah. <laughs> can I say? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I, I haven't seen you in concert <laughs> yet, so I, <laughs> I... I have joy, yeah. Yeah. Very much. When I, when I um, have been on stage with uh, Monique before, I notice her as one of those players that is almost always looking up and looking around and not be aimlessly, but because she makes connections with the people that she's playing with and she really does yeah, uh, yeah. communicate yeah. her emotion. Exactly, yeah. I love it. Yeah, she's, she's like... Uh, the mother of the orchestra she's, <laughs> she's very welcoming and uh um, yeah just so heartwarming it's really really important in in the group yeah. yes I don't know if you're both aware, but she's actually one of the founding members yeah. of the Brandenburg yeah. as well. Yeah. So she really is like the mother of the... If, <laughs> if Paul's yeah. the father, then perhaps Monique, <laughs> Monique's the yeah, mother, definitely. as it were. Yeah. Um, and we know that the viola is an instrument that's very close to Johann Sebastian Bach's uh, oh, yeah. heart. It might have been his uh, favorite instrument. Uh, nevertheless, uh, there certainly is um, a wonderful uh, position that the violas have. And we've been talking before the program earlier today about the sonatas and the, the and petitas for solo violin, but also the suites for solo cello and how viola players can actually um, beg, steal and borrow from both uh, lots of material and, and come up with transcriptions for the viola so as to be able to play actually this repertoire too. Yoko, would you like to tell us about some of the projects you've been working on with Bach's music? Okay, until now I played um, cello suite also and violin huga and how can I say in English huga? Huga? A fugue? A fugue. Fugue? Yes. I played uh, one fugue of a violin solo. Then I 
tried to play on the viola, but uh, I gave up <laughs> actually. So, <laughs> so many double, um, double stops, double stops, and yeah, then why not? I can play also oboe and uh, harpsichord. Then why not all together? <laughs> I arranged for me for viola and uh, oboe and harpsichord, and I tried all together. <laughs> and my friend Carl, also cellist, um, helped me that uh, he recorded and filmed me. So like I'm three person person. Yeah, well, you're a whole band in one woman. You know, it's <laughs> you're a one woman band. Yeah. <laughs> you you can play the top line uh, with the oboe. You can play the middle line, the alto line with the viola, and then you can play the bass and and do all the accompaniment yes. on the on the <laughs> on the harpsichord or whatever continuo instrument you prefer. And in your opinion, uh, is it still Bach? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, it's, that's, it's very close to to the original, I would say. Yeah. I hope. Perhaps you could introduce the the fugue. So what are we going to be listening to exactly? Obviously, it's yourself recorded on three different instruments, the oboe, the viola, and the harpsichord. But uh, which is the particular fugue? Yeah, it was the uh, violin sonata number two. I arranged uh, to D minor. <laughs> So it's quite hard in a fugue to find a good place to stop. And, and this one is it, it particularly interesting because I've never seen an arrangement like this before. Um, it's a brilliant idea. And Thank you. congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so where were you recording in this uh, project? It was um, when Jonas go to in Australian, in Sydney. I was uh, alone in Germany. Um, it was July twi two thousand twenty-one in Frankfurt. In Frankfurt. Yeah. 
it strikes me that there's a lot of interesting musical things going on in Frankfurt. I mean, both of you have come from Frankfurt, as it, yes. a, as, as it, as it were. Perhaps, Jonas, you could tell us about some of the, um, some of the other projects that, um, that have been happening um, over, over in Germany before, mm. you know, in, in between since we saw you last year and obviously for the digital premiere and then, yeah, sure. and then this year. Um, also, just a small thing about Frankfurt. Um, it's, it's very interesting to live there because there are a lot of young people studying at the Department for Early Music. It's quite a big uh, department for early music um, at the Hochschule, the University for Music. So we also met there. <laughs> and um, yeah, we've since stayed there because it's just um, always new people coming in and you can, yeah just uh yeah it's it's a nice place to be <laughs> and also it's very central so you can get anywhere very quickly yes i'm familiar with the airport in fact uh, <laughs> i've had to transit through frankfurt airport oh, yeah. everybody <laughs> on many occasions yeah, true um, and uh, and and so of course, it, being a central hub then for for travel means that it, it is very um, practical for, yeah. For, yeah. for those terms. Even when going to Sydney. <laughs> so in terms of your traveling life and your uh, and your lives as as musicians, um, are you spending a lot of time apart? Oh yeah, most of the time I would mm. say. Um, so there are projects where we play together quite a lot, like here now <laughs> um, we play a lot in Stuttgart which um, has uh, an ensemble called Gechinger Kantorei or Bach Academy Stuttgart um, it was at, it was founded by um, Helmut Rilling and just about um, nearly 10 years ago um, changed to Baroque instruments so um, yeah it's, it's a very fine Baroque group now and this is not too far away from Frankfurt, just two hours by train. Um, but they do a lot of projects uh, anytime in the year, <laughs> and um, a lot of Bach. So it's it's always interesting, always uh, meeting different people. Um, so that's one of our major um, workplaces, so to say. Um, and then we have both our chamber music groups. We are doing separate things as well. So it seems like a lot of the musicians that you're both working with, uh, you have in common. You know, are, the, are oh, these yeah. are these mainly friends and colleagues from Frankfurt? Yes, uh, we play also in Frankfurt. That's why so many Frankfurter musicians also. Mm -hmm. But um, if we play with Gehinga Country in Stuttgart, so how can I say? Um, so every city from every city in German or uh, from England also. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the early music scene is all about connections. So if you meet one person who then wants to invite you to another place, then you go there and then it goes on from there. And then it's just, yeah, it's a lot of things happen by coincidence. <laughs> And I'm Joko studied with uh, Petra Müllians, who's a uh, founding member of Freiburger Baroque Orchestra. So sometimes she plays with the Freiburger group. Mm. I don't. So um, yeah, that's for ex that's uh, an example where Joko plays, and then yeah, some she has some connections there as well, and some local things we do in Frankfurt as well. Um, yeah. 
Freiburg uh, Baroque Orchestra is a, a very interesting uh, group in that they have recorded quite extensively in, in Bach's repertoire especially. And, um, and in fact, I used one of their recordings on the uh, podcast for the pre-concert talk with uh, Dr. Alan Maddox. And we were listening to their rendition of the orchestral suite. And um, it, it's incredible this, the sound that they, they have. Um, perhaps we could uh, listen to a little bit of, of, of that and then maybe, Yoko, you could tell us about what it's like playing in, in the middle of that ensemble. This is the third movement, the Gavotte, from the orchestral suite number no. 3 in D major, recorded in 2011 by Freiburger Baroque Orchestra on their album Bach Orchestral Suites. <laughs> the volume just a bit here. Now, I know you weren't playing in this recording, Yoko, but what was it like playing live amidst such a splendiferous sound? I played also orchestra suite with them, um, also third orchestra suite, and also um, three violin concerto. Um, concerto for three Concerto for, for. for three violin. When I can say um, there it's very democratic can I say democratic so everyone says something although it good it's uh, I mean it's good um, um, everyone has a has a voice and has yes. has, has a chance to say say what they have to say yes not uh, just concert um and s- section leaders and yeah yeah so everyone says some something <laughs> yeah there are ups and downs to it i guess <laughs> <laughs> and as you have had the chance of observing uh jonas at work now as guest director for the australian <laughs> brandenburg orchestra uh, having played with freiburger baroque orchestra this exact music um, what do you think of your husband's uh, directing skills? Is is this uh, is he more authoritarian uh, when? It g- <laughs> um, when I can I can say it's uh, uh, how he do uh, how he does it's mm, kind way so I can say that friendly friendly way yeah. So peaceful way. <laughs> um, but does he uh, does he allow for more conversation in the in the rehearsal room and uh, development and exchange of ideas, like you were talking about that democratic approach that's used at Freiburger? Yeah. So they are um, almost the same age. So who? Um, Tom. Uh. It's kind of a different situation in the Freiburger orchestra and here. Yeah. 
Um, and also, uh, I find it quite interesting um, from my perspective when I play in, in German groups. Um, well, it is kind of like, yeah, everybody is saying his own opinion. Um, also, if it's completely different and doesn't make sense at the moment. Um, and here, when I play with the Brandenburg, it's kind of everybody is open for for my ideas and uh, just absorbs everything, accepts everything. Um, and yeah, kind of also wants to hear really how I want the stuff to be. It, in Germany, it's, it's often like... Um, Oh no, I know myself how to play this. <laughs> I don't need somebody to tell me. <laughs> it's a bit like that. And I, I think um, both of these approaches are democratic in their own, yeah. own way. Um, Paul has asked you to imagine your version of this orchestral suite, your version of this triple violin concerto, and even the choice of which particular, and we can come to this, but even the choice of which particular solo part to play. Yes. You know, you've got three potential solo parts there, um, and perhaps you could uh, you could tell us about about that choice. But as a director, obviously, Paul, is, uh, that's the point I was making. Paul has given you that opportunity because we would like to hear your version of the suite. <laughs> yeah, and, oh, um, well, and the you. orchestra probably more than anyone else. They <laughs> they um, they learn, and I I know having had conversations with the players that they seem to learn and absorb more. And feel more mm. wise and, and experienced through that process. Yeah. Um, yeah, def this is okay. I can understand this. Um, but I think as important as this is um, to, to kind of lead the orchestra in a way, um, for me, it is also important to get the feedback. And I definitely get it from the Brandenburg. So sometimes I ask the people, okay, are you all right with this? Um, or is there another idea you want to do? So, um, yeah, I think. Yeah, as you said, it's different approach of uh, um, democratic uh, work in an orchestra, but still um, everybody can get a voice, I think. Yeah. And, and both of you can attest to the uh, intenseness of the, uh, of the rehearsal process because as I've been speaking to you throughout the day, I, can, I get a sense that there was a lot of work, and probably because it was raining so much down in Melbourne, <laughs> a lot of work put into this program. Um, now, uh, Jonas, for the triple violin concerto, perhaps tell us about that process and some of the decisions you made, even with the choice of the actual solo part that you play. Yeah, so it's an, a very interesting piece because um, we don't have the the original manuscript uh, by Bach, not even uh, for the harpsichord version. So we just have a, a copyist who wrote something down for three harpsichords. But then um, sometimes, well, or some people believe it was originally composed for violin, some don't. So it's a very um, controversial piece, actually. Um, so yeah, at first we had to to find a good rendition of of the piece for three violins. Um, so we've chosen the Bärenreiter uh, one, which is um, yeah, it's it's quite. How can you say it's it's not too extreme in the solos? <laughs> let's say that um, it's playable and um, yeah, just when 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 I hear this piece, it's it's always like. Some points in the piece, I think, oh, this can only be for harpsichord. But then other then other parts are like, oh, this is so violinistic. It doesn't sound, it wouldn't sound good on a harpsichord. So, um, 
I myself believe that Bach himself wasn't really sure for which instrument he he wrote this 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 piece. I mean, it's it would have been uh, probably really fun for him to play with his sons, but maybe there was never a real opportunity, so he just wrote down some yeah small manuscript, and and then some other guy thought, oh. I'll take this and I, I write a whole piece out of it and now we're here with it. <laughs> mm. But it's still, um, it's a super fun piece. Everybody loves the piece. Um, and it's just so interesting to have three violins because we know a lot of double concertos and the, the Bach concerto for two violins is so famous. Um, and But it's, it's quite different in a way that um, in the double concerto you always imitate each other you play this you almost play the same all the time and in the triple concerto each one gets his own voice so it's very characteristic um which leads us to the question like uh yeah who is playing which part because the solos are just so different um the the, the second violin has has an enormous virtuosic solo uh, it's almost like in the fourth Brandenburg concerto um, and yeah the, the third violin also has has very Italian style solos um, so yeah it, it's really I, I want in this piece I wanted um, as an interpreter I wanted each voice to be different and to to have its own characteristics so yeah we tried to realize this in the rehearsals a bit and it's been the, the first time, your first time working with our concertmaster, Sean Lee Chen, but yes. also our uh, principal second violinist, Ben uh, Dolman. Oh, so yeah. perhaps you could tell us about, uh, about oh, that. Yeah, they are s so fine musicians. It's, it's been a, a great honor working with them. So open to everything and so supportive and just so relaxed. And um, also kind of fits the, the concerto very well because... Um, we play, oh, our styles on the Baroque violin are quite different. Um, so, so we could, could, each one could approach the violin, uh, the, his solo on his own way. Yeah, it, it just works. <laughs> yeah, and given the crescendo in the program, and I'd like to talk about the first half as well, yeah. but given the crescendo going from solo pieces mm. then to uh, then to a chamber a rendition of the violin concerto in E major that you recorded with us last time also, yes. and then to the triple violin concerto and then to the orchestral suite, <laughs> you know, with all the trumpets and the, yes. the timpani. It's, uh, it, it's fantastic to hear these different voices as well as, mm. a, as a growing crescendo in the concert too because we do hear from both Sean and Ben in the, in the first half um, and and I think it's it's a very special program the way that it's been designed by yourself and and, and Paul. Yeah, it was mainly Paul's idea, I think, originally, um, and it has been changed a few times over the years. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but I think it's it's a really um, great idea to start very small and kind of dive into the universe <laughs> Bach has created for us. So. Um, we slowly get into it, and then it, it's yeah, it's like a big crescendo, as you said. It, it's it uh, it ends with one of his most famous works. Mm. Now, Yoko, you haven't uh, been as close to the whole process as Jonas obviously has with Paul and developing the program, but you have been unlike Jonas in the concert hall to see it three times. Yeah, 
So perhaps, Yoko, you could tell us about some of the things that our listeners in Sydney should be looking forward to. What What are we going to hear in, in the first half? It's been all smoke and mirrors and not very much information has oh, been yeah. released about it. At first, it was very dark, no light in the hall, then um, a little bit of smoke, and, but uh, not a uh, fire, um, don't worry. Um, <laughs> Then it will come just one spotlight. Then uh, it will come very silent E of, uh, on the cello. Then it starts Jonas's solo with uh, very um, dark, in the dark. And then it will come so more solists but between solists it uh, speak Leonard Leonard guides us and I, I love that word actually you've used there guides us you're talking about Leonard Walker the the actor who's a part of this this first half this very theatrical uh, first half yeah um, if it weren't for that narration that that part of the show the music itself is is somewhat disconnected, even though it is from the same collection of music, you know, or rather the same period of time, because the cello suites and the uh, and the violin uh, sonatas and partitas were roughly written around the, around the same time, so we believe. the The narration is a way for us to enter into Bach's universe, also, and Jonas. Um, in terms of all of the playing of Bach that you've also you've also done in your young career already, it's incredible how much you've already achieved. Um, with 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 Bach's music, do you feel that this is um, a good way, a good starting point, perhaps for listeners to get into his music to to oh, to embrace yeah, his musical that's, universe? That's a good point, actually. Yeah, I think it's a perfect starting point um, because Bach can quickly become very. Um, nerdy <laughs> like very mm, yeah even mathematical or in your it's yeah just in your head and not not emotional but this it's it's kind of an emotional approach to to the whole uh f yeah to to Bach's music and very simple actually also because we have the guide in the first half who's also telling the people a bit about the person um, so I think what Paul intended to show in this program is, um, yeah, Bach as a person, like how he may have developed himself and show different uh, faces. So, um, yeah, and it's also interesting, I think, to to compare those two sides, like the the solo. Um, being alone on stage um, or playing the music alone in one instrument, it can be as deep as playing as a whole orchestra, orchestra. So there's actually not so much difference, but still it sounds very different. <laughs> mm. And, and I, I agree that um, with a lot of composers, uh, you don't get necessarily the same amount of depth or richness in a single violin part mm. um but uh, but the process that bach was clearly going through was to try and r render something with as much harmonic depth and interest oh, yes. as as anything that he, yeah. he he would write because that's the music that he liked so mm. yes. you know it, it came through in that in yeah, that it's, way it's kind of that um 
everything was as important like the the, the solo violin, violin or the solo cello was as important as the orchestral piece um because yeah he he always had this intention to um to compose for god i guess um and it's it's just yeah everything is important to him the wonderful collaboration that's happening on stage between actor and light and music and haze even, you know, and all of this storytelling um, that crescendos through the program is uh, is a meeting of, of several things. But so far as I can see it, it's also a meeting of an authentic musical approach and very contemporary devices, very, you know, contemporary notions mm, of, of what, what a concert experience might be. And um, more recently, Jonas and, and Yoko, you both have been working on a project together. And now it's it's not Bach's music, but Telemann, uh, obviously a, a very important, um, uh, a very important contemporary of Bach. Mm. I, I, indeed, at, at the time, Telemann the time, was, yeah. was far more important yes. than, yeah. than, than Bach. <laughs> that's, and that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but you've been working on Telemann's music and a fusion of sorts with some uh, very contemporary uh, sources, haven't you? Perhaps you could uh, tell us about that. Yeah, so there's um, in in Germany we have a, a Telemann Center for Research in in a city called Magdeburg, and um, they asked us for two different things for normal concert. I did with my harpsichord colleague Alexander von Heisen, so we did a concert just us two together, and they they asked us if we could do a collaboration with um, electronic music or something not baroque or not classical so um i've done that before on a vivaldi piece together with my brother who is a jazz musician and oh not only jazz he's doing everything <laughs> popular music um also composing and sound engineering um and and sorry your your brother what's what's his uh, name oh <laughs> for li for listeners out there yeah uh his name is zacharias zacharias genderlein and um his main instrument is the guitar. Um, so we worked on on an arrangement for a Telemann piece. In that case, um, we took a Paris Quartet by Telemann because um, we just love uh, the music. <laughs> it's a very, very fantastic piece and um, it has dance movements. So you could kind of... Oh, we tried to um, arrange the piece... Uh, to to show both the baroque way of playing, so um, we sometimes we played as a baroque group, and then sometimes my brother played in his uh, style of music, <laughs> and then we brought both together. And um, one interesting step in this whole process was very late, just one week before the show or ten days before the show. My brother had this idea to ask a friend who's. Uh, a soul and rap singer um, to join the group, and uh, this this guy said, "Yes, I can. I can try to to compose some texts and um, a melody." and And he did a really great job. So in the end, we we got a fantastic mixture of um, yeah of of an early music group playing together with electronic music, jazz guitar. He's also playing flute and the rap and soul singer. Um, and yeah, but w we tried to not just, yeah, randomly mix everything together. It had to make sense somehow. So um, there's, we, we kind of created new movements in this whole piece. And 
um, yeah, just did our own Paris Quartet in the end. Wow. And Yoko, what was it like then working with not only your husband, but your brother-in-law and then, <laughs> you know, their friends as, as well? That's a, it's a, uh, yeah, it must have been an interesting project. Yeah. So um, Baroque music is also sometimes like jazz, so improvisation and so beats. Yeah, that's a quite, it's Good combination, yeah. Have you worked with uh, Jonas's uh, brother Zacharias before, or was this the first time? It it's f it was first time, but I knew what he uh, does and which direction he plays. Yeah, it was uh, always so creative and very interesting for me. Mm. I can imagine Christmas time at the Chandelion family home would be very interesting because uh, between the Baroque approach and then this con very contemporary approach that you've been showing me of your, your brother's work, uh, I mean, the, I can't imagine what your chorales would be like. Or the, <laughs> <laughs> True, yeah. yeah, yeah. It'd probably be a fantastic, uh, <laughs> fantastic affair. Yeah, we, we tried to play together as, as children as well. <laughs> but it didn't always work well. <laughs> So please, uh, what exactly are we going to hear and, um, and who are the, the players involved? And, and also, there's, there's more to this project than just the music too. So we arranged uh, a Paris, a so-called Paris Quartet by Georg Philipp Telemann. Um, and the, the group consists of um, me on the violin and my Yoko um, on the viola and oboe. And there's a cello, baroque cello, and a harpsichord player. He also s plays the stage piano sometimes. And my brother, who's on the synthesizer, the computer, and the guitar, and the flute. <laughs> and then there's the soul and rap singer. Um, his name is Hugo, <laughs> Hugo S. Okay, Hugo S. <laughs> um, they, um, yeah, he's a close friend of my brother. They are based in Mannheim and Heidelberg in, in Germany. Um, and they are working together very closely. Actually, they also did a, an album, just the two of them, was recently released. And for the shows and the video production we did, um, we also had a lighting designer and a sound engineer. Du wirst kaum glauben, 
was du siehst, hast du schließt deine Augen und wir laufen durch den Kiez. Well, while we're talking over this, I'm... I mean, this is probably about as far removed from what uh, what <laughs> listeners would be expecting to hear with regards to Bach's universe as a program. But <laughs> yeah, what a so. what a fantastic project! I Thank mean, you you, you, you should you. be both very proud. It's it's an incredible, um, firstly a performance, and then um, and then as a recording too. Yeah, it's also it's so much fun to work on this because it's ever progressing. Um, it never stops. Like probably, if we would uh, perform this again live, it would be totally different from the last time it's just a new piece which emerged from out of telemann telemann's original piece so um but still we we kind of try to remain as much of telemann's original as well so it's yeah it's really um combining these two in in something yeah uh, something new which also hopefully approaches more people younger people to um yeah to to get get them lis also listening to to classical music i hope well engaging with younger audiences and indeed this this arrangement process that you've been through this rearrangement of telemann's music it's it's no different to the process yoko that you went through with your uh solo uh <laughs> <laughs> video that we we heard earlier and um and i i feel like there's um it's it's almost like both of you are coming to this music with a very similar perspective. Now, was Jonas always like this, Joko? Since you've you've known him, uh, was was he always so interested in in uh, progressive arrangements of music by Bach and Telemann? Maybe um, he plays um, what I uh, what you see in the note uh, in the music, but he plays. Um, Maybe in the concerts you can see also more and more day after day, uh, more creativer than creativer. You can see more and more creativity. Yeah, creativity. One thing I forgot to say is what what the name of the project is. Um, it's called in German it's Telemann Elektrisiert, which could be translated as Telemann Electrified, maybe something like that. Sure. Yeah. Um, and The members of this group um, are mainly from my uh, group Four Times Baroque, which now doesn't exist anymore, unfortunately, but uh, we are continuing to play together through this. So it's also, um, yeah, it's it's a great thing to to still work together with uh, with my friends who they are also same age. And I think this also gave us the motivation to, um, yeah, go try something new and do a new approach to this music. Well, it's, it's been absolutely fascinating hearing this music and sharing this conversation with you, with you both. Um, I know that you are uh, very busy uh, with your programs, obviously, here. In, but now that you're in Sydney, we're not going to want to let you go because uh, <laughs> you're both such talented uh, people. One last thing, if both of you have any shout-outs, is there anyone that you'd both like to shout-out to today? <laughs> hey, brother, let's do more Telemann. <laughs> Or let's do Bach next time. <laughs> <laughs> the Brandenburg is proud of our long-standing relationship with partner Macquarie Group. Our partnership with Macquarie Group is built on a shared vision of infinite possibilities and a commitment to the very highest standards of excellence. 
The Brandenburg is also proud to be supported by APA Group, our presenting partner for the Bach series. Through our partnership with APA Group, we have the opportunity to connect Baroque music to audiences and communities throughout Australia.